I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Okay, this is The Big Douglas Show. I am Big Douglas. We have double-dipped at 106.7. Brendan Dar joins us. And Chris, I was going to ask you, I decided I'd take a guest live. Uh, Lingbach, Lingbach, where, where are we at there? Did I get it right the first time, Lingbach? You nailed it. Uh, nobody ever does. You got it. Ah, excellent. Excellent. And so I didn't realize that, um, Chris, you write for the radio station, right? Is right. that is that is that something that usually, is there usually a position for a writer at the radio station? Because I got to be honest, I didn't realize that radio station usually had a full-time writer. Yeah, fortunately there is. There's a about one position on the fandc.com and I've been filling it for quite some time. So uh, I'm lucky, thankful, blessed. However yeah. you want to call it. And Brendan, you are the executive producer for Grant and Danny. Is that right? Uh, so I was, but with uh, the lineup switching up right now, I'm on B. Mitch and Finley as the executive producer of that show. Okay. Well, uh, that's not, you, did, you didn't, it doesn't sound like you got a demotion by any means. No, 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 no. That was by choice. Uh, basically, uh, just family stuff, like the way my uh, like daughter's daycare works. It's just easier. It's more convenient for me to be in middays than it is in the afternoons. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had wondered, because then when I saw that, trying to do a little bit of research, I said, well, that's an odd time for him to be able to join the show in the middle of what would be Grant and Danny's show. So I guess that makes a little bit more, we're right up to it. Um, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, it's It's been interesting with the, uh, the merger there of the two radio stations. Nobody's actually in a building right now, though, right? Actually... Yeah, so all of the producers are in studio, and right now, B. Mitch and JP are broadcasting from our studio. Uh, we're in separate studios, so uh, the other producer, Jim Mullins, and I are in our production studio. Uh, B. Mitch is in one of the studios next to the production studio, and JP is in the other one. But uh, that, I believe, is it. There might be one of the 980 shows in studio. I think it, Travis Thomas, maybe? Okay. Okay. Yeah, because Reese isn't in. So it's just Travis Thomas, I believe, on 980. Interesting. And they and and everybody has moved into when everybody gets back into a building, now that the merges, everybody will be in one building. There's not still a separate facility for 980 and 1067. No, I believe everybody's gonna be at our DC studios. Yeah, it's gonna be right. one big happy family. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, no, I mean it's kind of cool. I will actually had the opportunity to talk to Grant a couple of weeks ago. Um, and while it's still competitive, it seems like it's been nice to not necessarily have to have to compete, right? Because it felt like 980 and 1067 kind of were always dueling. And so it's, it's interesting that the two have kind of merged together. Yeah, we were definitely competitors for a long time and like, you know, still kind of are, but uh, it's more of a friendly competition now as opposed right. to the bitter, let's knock them out completely and move on. But now we're... You know, I, I um, B. Mitch used to be with us about 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. right around the time when I first got started at 106.7 The Fan. 
And I loved B. Mitch. He was such a nice guy. Um, and, you know, I was, I grew up a Redskins fan. So I was just in, in awe of them, just being in the same building as the guy at the time, you know, a 21, 22 year old kid. And he was so nice. And he brought this up on the air today. He, he used to bring in Popeyes for all of us. Um, and uh, he was just, you know, he would, he would take me out to get drinks uh, on the weekends. And, you know, he was just so gracious. And it was, it was, I was just so happy when, um, when I found out that our two stations were kind of coming together under one big umbrella because um, I was just happy to see the guy again. I've been in the office one time in the last uh, nine months and B Mitch happened to be there. It was back in December and I was just so happy to see the guy. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy like working with him because like you, I started at the station uh, right when he got there and I used to screen calls for him and Sean Sharif back when they were doing the new school on weekends on and like, 105.3 the fan in dallas yeah 105.3 the fan in dallas and uh he was like so nice he'd o- always order us food when uh it was like saturday afternoons when we get off and now like today obviously it's like a little tougher to get food like we have uber eats and stuff that's not a problem but like he's like trying to be healthy so he didn't realize <laughs> but he was talking about it and we're gonna do it sometime next week i think not to keep sidetracking you here, but uh, just a random thought just popped in my brain. This is so embarrassing, and I definitely should not be sharing this publicly. No, you should definitely say it. Uh, well, I, I used to go to the same gym as B. Mitch. I, I didn't. Here's how I found out. Um, this was before I worked in radio or anything. I was probably 17, 18 years old. Um, I saw him as I was walking in. He was coming out, and he was going to his car, and I was so... Um, I don't know what the word is. Starstruck, probably, that I I ducked behind my car until I knew that he was gone, and I I have no idea why. I don't know like what that accomplished. I, he didn't know who I was, so it didn't mean anything for me to hide from him. But I was just so t- terrified, just because, you know, this guy was a superstar in my eyes, and uh, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we appreciate you saying it here. So. Usually we gave rapper Big Poo the day off. It is his birthday today. He's 41 years old. So I thought uh, quickly we could do some uh, do you know how old they are type stuff here. So birthdays this week. The weekend had his birthday this week. How do you think the weekend turned? Uh, I'll say 32. 30. Now you split it there. He's 31 this week. Okay. Jennifer Aniston has a birthday this week. Uh, how old do you think Jennifer Aniston turned? Go ahead, Shorts. 52. Say 53. 52 on the nose. Nice. 52 on the nose. It is RG3's birthday this week. 29. Uh, 2012, he was young when he came out years ago. Uh, oh, he's definitely 30. 30, 31. 31 on the nose. Crushing it. it. It is Joe Pesci's birthday this week. Oof. Oof. Uh, 74. 
One Night Goodfellas came out in 1990. That was 31 years ago. 76. Joe Pesci is 78 years old. Ah. And one last one for the wrestling folks. It is Big Show's birthday this week. Any guess on the Big Show? Tough one. Uh, I'll say 54. 48. 49. Big Show turns ah. 49. 49. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. The football I think, team I think we can that Chris Lingbach is the birthday champion over Brendan Dar, though, at least. Crushed Brendan Dar. Good to hear. So, so you so you get that one today, if nothing else. Uh, Heineke signs a uh, two-year deal, so obviously he's the starter next year. I don't uh, think that's obvious. I, I would say no. I, I was teasing. I, yeah. I can't imagine, but, I, but I've been seeing nothing, but, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke is the next Brett Favre because of those five quarters, <laughs> and that getting a two-year, $8.5 million deal obviously means – you said the court. Obviously, I'm kidding. That's never going to happen. What I am curious is if you guys think that we're set at uh, if that's what the quarterback room looks like when we start the season off next year, assuming assuming they bring Kyle Allen back for his um, restricted fee or whatever it is, I, I imagine they will. Uh, I'll take this one. No, they are not done. There, there's no chance they are done with just those two and even bringing Alex Smith back. I just do not see that. Uh, maybe they don't get Deshaun Watson. It kind of sounds like they have no interest. Jason Lockenfora said today on Beamich and Finley that he kind of thought that Washington was going to poke around on Russell Wilson. He said he was monitoring the situation. Uh, I don't see them making a splash that big. Maybe it's something in the draft, uh, but there's just no way. If I were the GM, there's no way I would stand pat with those two and Alex Smith. You just cannot do that quarterback is way too important to go into it, the position with. and it's odd though if they're out on Deshaun they'd be out on on Wilson right because the package would have to yeah. be something similar, I, right? I would assume so yeah and honestly there's if they're out on Deshaun and they're out on Wilson they're probably out on trading up for the second pick to the Jets and they're probably out on the third pick to the Dolphins like conceivably you could see them trading up to a five to seven range for if one of the guys falls there, but they're out of the top three picks. They're out of Watson and they're out of Wilson. And to me, I would do whatever it took to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I would include Chase Young. I know that is a controversial opinion and I'm okay with that. Okay. Quarter, quarterback is just too important in the NFL now. And it's, you, you just cannot go into the season with, the 31st or 32nd best QB room with Heineke, Allen, and Smith. It's just not possible. Well, you God can. Bless, God bless your mentions for that Chase Young take, by the way. I, I would regret it. I, I wouldn't feel good about it. Like, I don't want to. If I could get away with giving away somebody else, I would do it. I just don't think they will take anybody less than Chase Young. And I want Deshaun Watson. So, so Chris, if we, if we say it's two ones, Montez Sweat, Cam Curl in a second. I mean, is this what we're talking about for Deshaun Watson? 
Yeah, I mean, that's insane to me. I mean, that really is crazy because then you're just tearing down your defense to to rebuild your offense. I understand that Deshaun Watson is an elite caliber quarterback. And I guess if, if you can guarantee me that he's here for 10 years somehow, I mean, you know, he's been in, in Houston for, what, four years and he already wants out. But if there were a way to guarantee me, guarantee me that he's here for the next decade as long as he's still playing then yeah I'd, i guess i'd grin and bear it and make that deal um but it's an insane ask i mean it's crazy and this is it, it, it's it's crazy to the point that you get the sense the texans know nobody is going to offer them something like that i mean I, I think the first report that we saw was they wanted two firsts um like two what seconds maybe and then mm-hmm. two starters on defense so that's where sweat and um and cam curl come in i guess in your hypothetical uh, you know it's just it's an insane ask and if 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 you don't have that guarantee that he's going to be here for the next decade then there's just no way to make that deal because it's just not i mean maybe if you well there's no jack in dc so I think we'll be okay on that end. It, it is amazing how well they've made the Washington franchise look down there. I saw today, what is it? It's um, it's Clowney, it's Hopkins, and now J.J. Watt, all gone from the team, and not one first-round draft pick back in return. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. You know what popped in my brain today is like, um, you know, I haven't been following – every single move that they make, but you see the big ones, obviously, and the ones that you just named. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is like their Bruce Allen. Like, he, they're just stuck with this guy, and they just can't get rid of him. And I don't I don't know what his background is. I don't know if he was, you know, a, a sweet, uh, sweet ticket sales guy like uh, Bruce Allen was before he got to Washington. But uh, it just – it, it was so striking to me that they've made all of these deals and they all seem completely insane. And like all in like the past two or three years, I mean, they had a dominant team and they've just ripped it apart from the inside out for no reason at all. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I saw, I saw today. It was just last year that they were up 24, nothing on the chiefs in the playoff game. And I mean, I know they lost that, but still. They gave mm-hmm. up those three players and gave up two firsts for Tunsil in the process. And not only did they not bring in any first, they gave away two firsts for a left tackle. And they paid him $50 million. And paid him 50, guaranteed. I, so, I mean, I just wouldn't be able to be a Texans fan if I grew yeah. up in Houston or around that area. I just – I don't know how you would do it. Like, if you Have grew you up with the Oilers and had to go through the heartbreak of lo- losing your team to, to Tennessee and then you get this new team and they suck for the first 10 years and then – they're kind of good, and then they suck again, and now they're great, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you're Bruce Allen. Uh, their Bruce Allen is just ripping the guts out of the franchise. It's just like I, I wouldn't have any connection to it whatsoever. Have you seen Jack Easterby's stand-up routine? No. Is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Well, I'll have to look yeah. that up. What it, is it looking like? rounds on Twitter uh, yesterday, I believe, and it is – I mean – there's bad stand-up comedians out there. And then there's Jack Easterby. He's a worse stand-up comedian than he is a GM. But if that's such a seems thing. Seems unlikely. Yeah. I'll have to pull it. Um, guys like David Carr. You giving up a first-round pick for David Carr? Oh, Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I've said that twice. This We're week talking about the Texans. Derek. That's why. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather give up picks for David Carr. 
<laughs> All right. No, I mean, this is completely unfair, but um, I've got a bit of a hot take on Derek Carr. Um, you know, seeing him on, on uh, Hard Knocks a couple years ago, it just – he rubbed me completely the wrong way. And this is – this shouldn't factor into any football decision-making at all. But he just struck me as a complete phony fraud. And and I was like – I got like a little bit of Kirk vibes. Like when Kirk was in his last year here and he was just kind of saying everything he needed to say until he could get to the end of the season. And then immediately he was out the door. That's kind of like – that's kind of what I thought about Derek Carr. I'm not touching that guy at the 10-foot pole for that specific reason, and it's a terrible reason, <laughs> I mean, admittedly. But, uh, but yeah. No, no. It feels like they've got the same problem in, in Philadelphia. I mean, I think that's kind of – you either like Carson Wentz, I think, or you hate Carson Wentz, just the person. I think he has views that kind of seem like, the same way. This is very, like, old-school, old-man thinking, but – I just think you can tell a leader when you see one and you look at Tom Brady and look at how, how all of his teams are rallied around him. You know, they, they do whatever it takes. They put up with, you know, I mean, who's that guy on the junkies the other day? Um, Amendola said that he was about to go on a yacht trip. Uh, he'd rented a yacht in like the Northeast New England or something like that, Maine. And, for the 4th of July a couple of years ago. And he was about to go onto the yacht and he gets a text from Tom Brady that says, hey, get your ass to Montana, Montana. And it's just guys do what it takes to follow great leaders like that. And I don't know. I just, Derek, Derek Carr kind of gives me douche chills a little bit. See, I don't even like, like him that way. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. Like he's probably what the 14th to 18th best quarterback in the league somewhere in that like middle of the pack range if you're giving up assets for a quarterback it's got to be for Deshaun Watson elite quarterbacks never become available it's like the last time this happened was Peyton Manning coming off neck surgery and even then people weren't really sure if he was going to be elite when he came back Deshaun Watson is young he's on a big contract no doubt Derek Carr is not elite. He's on a okay contract. It's what, 20, 22 million. I mean, that's not a ton for a starting quarterback, but it's still a decent amount. And you're not getting a massive upgrade at quarterback. So if you're not getting a massive upgrade at quarterback, you definitely should not be giving up two first round picks. And if you that's talked what about it, a big you talked about a big contract. Um, jumping gears real real quick. It'll be Sheriff up next. Where you guys stand on giving a guard fifteen million a year? I guess I guess it's going to be fifteen a year that he wants, right? I don't know, Dar. What whatever happened with the salary cap? Do we still not know what it's going to be? No, I saw it, it could be flat. It could could go up by like five million dollars. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be either flat or a little less, not like much less, like five million either way. If it's flat, where it, you know it doesn't change at all. Aren't there a bunch of teams that are going to be screwed because they take their contracts off of, you know, an assumption that the cap's going to go up every year? Yeah, Washington's in a great spot. So, I mean, especially if they get a rookie QB on a rookie QB contract, uh, I mean, they're in a fantastic spot cap-wise. So, I mean, you can bring Scherf back. I would. Uh, I don't love the idea of paying top dollar for a guard. 
I just the way you allocate salary on a, a roster, it doesn't seem like a good idea. But it's better than being the top spending running back team and the top spending tight end team, which is what Washington was, I believe, in 2018 and 2019. So while I don't love the idea of giving 15 million to a guard, it's better than giving like, what was it? Like 10 million to two tight ends. So that seems like a better allocation of resources to me, but it's still not great. Chris, that's what you think too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can let him go. It's it's going to suck. You're going to have to take this one on the chin and you know, he's got a little bit of an injury history, so it's, it's risky, but, it's a lot riskier trying to replace that guy. I mean, you you just can't – they can't afford to let anybody on that offensive line who's worth a damn go right now. I mean, they just can't. And if if everything's through the prism of they're, like, knocking on the door of really seriously competing here, then you've got to keep as much together as you possibly can. And, unfortunately, that means you got to overpay Brandon Sheriff. And do you think the organization feels that they're that close? I mean, I think the fans have. We got psyched about how well the season went. But do you think that the the, the new GM and, and, and Ron Rivera think that they're actually knocking on the door? I mean, they they had started out with kind of like this three-year plan, right? And I know things went better this year than they expected, but that was more because of the division, right? Yeah, I mean, I think – I think – um they were surprised with how the season ended up and, you know, delightfully surprised. Um, and I think the only natural thing is to assume that they're going to keep building from there. Um, Ron Rivera doesn't strike me as a stupid man, so I'm sure he knows that the holes that they still have to fill all over defense, linebacker, uh, safety, corner, um, and uh, basically the entire offense. So, you know, I think he's – just happy with the way the season ended up and probably expects to take a leap um, next year. And it's going to do everything to put himself in position to do that. You know, it's like, it's like a quarterback, you know, a good quarterback just always gives you a chance to win. And I think roster wise, he's looking to do the best he can to give them the best chance to win the most amount of times next year. And, you know, as long as they have a better quarterback situation than they did last year, I don't see why they wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Wouldn't think that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what they tell us in the agency. You know, how teams spend their money is how, you know, what their direction is. And if they decide to actually spend money in free agency this year, I know they tried to go after Amari Cooper last year. They didn't go after any of the other big-name free agents and big-dollar guys. I mean, Allen Robinson's available. Like, you know, if if they're a win-now team, they're going to want to go after Allen Robinson, I would say. And yeah, it's a great free agency class to to get somebody across from Terry McLaurin. I mean, you got to get that guy help because, you know, you just don't want to see, you know, growing up in Washington, it always killed you to see guys like Chris Cooley and Santana Moss come here and waste their entire careers here. You know, when you get talented, gifted players like Terry McLaurin, who happen to be um, great dudes and, and just – always with inspired play and great leadership qualities. You got to do as much as you can to get those guys help while they're in their prime. You think they're going to give, I'm sure he'll want Ronald Darby. I mean, had an excellent year. I didn't see that one coming. I'm assuming he'll want fuller money. 
right? I mean, yeah. nine, 10 million, something like that is what decent cornerbacks are getting these days, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would give that to Darby if I were Washington, but at the same time, they have the cap space. So I could understand if they did. I mean, I, it's kind of weird, like, because they have so much cap space. I think they're one of the, what, like top seven teams with cap space. There are going to be so many teams that are going to have to make decisions on players where maybe a cornerback that we're not expecting gets cut and you can get him for the same price as Darby and that person's more consistent. So I, I don't know. I, I would assume that they are going to make an upgrade at corner and safety somewhere. Because it, it feels like we're primed for a wild offseason. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it does feel like that. What are they going to do with Landon Collins? Hopefully convert him to linebacker. Yeah. He said he doesn't want to. <laughs> but he is yeah, uninterested. I mean, they're going to have to figure something out. Uh, honestly, I didn't see that, but um, <laughs> I don't even know how realistic that is. It's just more more kind of funny to me than anything. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the guy, he just – the book was out on him when they signed him, and he was exactly what everybody thought he was, so – yeah. It's just crazy money to be paying that guy to do do what he does, uh, you know. And he's great, uh, you know. But he's I like a person, but but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, that is a great example of a bad allocation of resources. Paying a safety that much money, I mean, unless you're and it's not like other people were doing it. It's not like it was trending that way. Nobody was doing that. It's it's literally Jamal Adams and Landon Collins. Yeah. And there's like no one that close. I just uh, it reminds me of that um, that that tidbit that came out recently about how uh, you know Jay was talking about how or somebody was talking about how Jay Gruden, you know, for his entire time here, you know, he would try to do everything the right way in the off season and pre- prepare a team that could, you know, uh, be winners when they got onto the field, and then Bruce Allen would pop up pop his head up out of nowhere and sign some guy that doesn't fit their system at all. And, you know, and then they would just have to deal with it. You know, it's like, that's, that's what Landon Collins was. I, I do like that Jay Gruden quote, cause it, it completely absolves him of all the bad things that happened here. <laughs> all the good things were Jay Gruden. All the bad things though, they were Dan Snyder and Bruce. It, it does yeah. come across that way. Although I thought Jay could coach uh, and he certainly has his flaws, but, he didn't get any help from upstairs the time he was here. I mean. No, I mean, he got the opposite of help. He got hindrance. You know, they were always in his way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would have loved to have seen what he could have done with a different organization, <laughs> like just not here um, for his first job coaching, because, you know, by all accounts, people say that his route trees, whatever that means, are really good and you know he's one of the best play designers in the nfl i mean i'm not an nfl coach i have no idea what that, that stuff means i just have to take people at their word but but um you know it, it would have been great to see what he could have done with a a decent organization and a somewhat respectable organization and and not washington for five years but that's the end what might have happened if you just signed wade phillips right because wade said he wanted to come yeah yeah, and I think he said Jay laughed him out of the office or something like that. So, you know, so I, I, Jay I, just kept telling him how bad he whooped him every time they played. Well, I think I, I think he must have come honest, out of not and said, "Don't sign him." So, 
Yeah, I think we can be honest about the situation and say that, hey, you know, he was savvy enough to to know what he had to do to get as as many years on that contract as possible that he had. And if that meant making Joe Barry your defensive coordinator or – Who was still getting jobs. Yeah, Greg Manubski, then, you know, that's what he was going to do. What is a uh, what is a realistic expectation for next year? I think I saw Vegas. The early odds are like we got the third best chance of winning the division, something like that. We get ourselves all excited for nothing this year. It's kind of hard to answer that right now. I mean, until you know what the you know like until you know what they're going to do in free agency. I mean, it, it is it's so early. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what two thirds of their team is built right now, and we still have another third. But I guess based off of last year, I would I would say like a ten win season is possible. We'll see what happens with the quarterback position. I guess. Yeah, a lot definitely rides on the QB position. I mean, if they get Watson, like you're looking at a ten win division winning type team. They come back with Smith, Heineke, and Allen. I mean, I'm not like the floor is probably five wins with that defense, but defense isn't as sticky year to year as offense is. So like all it takes is one or two injuries on the defensive line that we're not expecting. And maybe, you know, you're down chase and you're down Montez and that's not great for the defense. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know, injuries happen all the time. And I mean, like, Look back at that Jaguars defense that the year they made the conference championship. It was the best defense in the league, and everybody yeah. needed it. Two years later, they got rid of a couple guys, and it completely fell apart. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get rid of Chase, but if they get rid of Sweat in a Montez uh, in a Deshaun Watson deal, and they get rid of, or they don't bring back Darby, and they don't get great replacements. Like, it's possible that the defense falls off, but even with the guys that they have now, I think five wins is the floor, but it really all comes down to quarterback and what they do there. Well, and you also have to remember you're getting Ionitis back next year. Um, that was a just a dagger of an injury last year. Um, but yeah, you, th- this, this defense, you know, that's your core. That's like the nucleus of this team. They got to, that is what should be instructing them to win now. And I can't, I almost can't even believe I'm, I'm saying it because of watching this team, this organization convince itself that it, it was so close, quote unquote, close according to Bruce for so long when we all knew that they weren't. But, you know, you got to, you got to seize the day here with this front seven. Um, yeah, you got to get as much as you can. It feels a little different this time around, for sure. The one last hypothetical before uh, I'll let you guys run. I appreciate it today. Uh, the other one that's been running around, and I think there's a lot of merit to it, and I like discussing it, there are five defensive tackles on this team that could probably start for a bunch of teams. There's no way you pay all of them, right? Uh, particularly, to your point, Ionitis comes back. He's already under contract, I think, for the next three least for the next two at a real at a real reasonable rate. Well you resigned you signed that extension a couple of years ago, right? Right. That yeah. Uh and Timmy Settle has improved every year. And then you got the big the big two studs in the middle. 
that that are the obvious starters. You can't pay them all. You move Jonathan Allen or you move Deron Payne because that's probably you know the two that you're looking at. I feel like people are down on Allen, and I'm not sure about that. I, I think he's probably still the best interior defensive lineman. Um, I know Payne had pretty good uh, advanced stats this year, and if I'm moving one, I'm probably moving Payne since I think I can get more for him. But I don't know if, like, defensive tackles are exactly moving the market on, like, trades for a quarterback. But if I could, like, if if they're going to take Payne over in this hypothetical Watson deal, if they're taking pain over sweat or young, then yeah. If, if they value him that highly that they take him, then yeah, I, I think, I think I'm still pretty high on John Allen. I, I know some people aren't, but I feel pretty good about him. I, I, I think I would move. I think I'd move pain first. Even if it's not a Watson deal, I mean, the point still remains. You've got two first rounders that you just can't afford. Yeah. I don't see how you can afford to pay both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if you're talking about like a baseball move where you've got a surplus of something and you might as well get something in exchange for it and plug a hole somewhere else. I, I think I'm with Dar here. I think, I think you moved Duran Payne because he's, he's perceived as the more valuable guy, even though I think the answer is probably Jonathan Allen in reality, but you know, Payne just has the stats that John Allen doesn't have. And, you know, he's got that 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 track record, especially this past year, of kind of having that burst through the line uh, and getting to the quarterback. And I don't know. I, I, just, I don't really like that hypothetical at all, to be honest with you, because it's, it's impossible to – like, what yeah, the – I almost cursed, but, it, you know, what do we know? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's so hard. That's a it, tough it I really like don't want to floor... get rid of either one. Well, no, I don't either. It feels like the floor is higher for Allen, right? And that the ceiling is higher for Payne, yeah. if that makes sense. I feel like Payne's got the opportunity to have a Warren Sapp-type production at some point. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't want to get rid of either one of them. I, I just don't know how – I mean, when you think about it, at some point they got to pay Sweat if he's still here. They're going to have to – I know it's a long time off, but you've got Chase Young, you've got Deron Payne, you've got Jonathan Allen. Uh, and at some point, you know, you just can't pay them all. Yeah, they, they've got to avoid what Houston's doing right now and getting rid of guys for nothing. So if they can get something for one of them and keep the other, not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Settle and Ioannidis inside. It, it, like if they thought they could package Allen and Payne together and get something, okay. Or trade them each individually and get something, okay. But, I mean, I don't want to get rid of both. I just I, don't know what you get for a guy. Like you said, like, yeah, I don't think who's, who's beating your door down for a defensive, interior defensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, not a ton of – it made me think only because I, I know that they said a bunch of the Jets talks would include um, Quinn and Williams. Yeah. And it feels like if Quinn and Williams is worth something, then Deron Payne ought to be also, I would think. Maybe. Seem like similar players. Uh, 
fellas down here in North Carolina, it's rain. Are you guys getting pounded by snow up there? Or what's it look like out the window? Uh, blinds are closed. <laughs> no idea. My blinds are open and it stopped snowing about 24 hours ago. How much, did y'all, end up, how much did y'all end up getting up there? It's all typical DC snow where it's like two to three inches and it never sticks. Right, right. But at least there's not ice underneath. That is supposedly coming this weekend. I hope not. Yeah, that's the worst. I don't miss that about DC at all. Fellas, I appreciate the time today. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And everybody, uh, give give us a page view at thefandc.com. Yeah, absolutely.